Hello, всем привет. Я сегодня рад был здесь. I am glad to be here. And uh, I hope you're glad to be here as well. I hope you're glad to be here as well. I had a busy day, uh, but I was all day thinking about this service. Um, I don't know. I was worrying about it for some reason. Um, I was not worrying about Alex and his sermon. I know he was always ready, and God blesses him. Uh, I was not worried about worship. I know the worship groups are always on time, and they're doing their job and blessing us. I was not worried about Roman, who leads the service, because I know he was on top of it. But I was just constantly thinking about it, and I was... For some reason, I had this worry. So it made me pray. It made me pray for the service, for people, for you, those who are going to be here. Uh, pray for myself so I would be ready to listen what God has to tell me today. Um, so my question for you, where are you at? Are you worrying? Are you at peace? Are you still thinking about something? Are you thinking about your new job, about your old job, about your college, about your investments, possibly? Um, what's on your mind? Let's try to focus on what God is going to do today and tell us today, speak to us today. In the passage of 2 Corinthians, I'm going to read, we will pray, if the worship group... Um, uh, can come up. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be worshiping. And I'm going to read from Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. It it uh, it again spoke to me today. The master просто опять проговорила ко мне. You know, sometimes when you read, and and the passage just speaks to you. Um, and you understand it in a different way. And it's not that you understand it in a different way. You can apply it to your life. It just, yes, it clicks. I know exactly what it's talking about. It is so relevant. And the passage that Paul is talking about here is about fragrance, aroma. How many of you, when you came here, you used something that smelled fragrance or like perfume, cologne? Anybody? Just two people? Wow. Wow. <laughs> more, more. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe that's why I was worrying about today's service. <laughs> No, um, but aroma. And he's talking about this aroma that is manifested through us. And I'm going to read the passage here in a minute. He talks about this aroma, this smell. And he says that for some people, this smell is life-giving. Actually, gives life. And for those other people, it's a killing aroma. It's something that will kill them or serve for them as a venom. Have you thought about that? The you walking in the light, walking with Christ in your life. Your walk with Christ can be so effective and so powerful that that will cause somebody to be eternally perish, eternally perish, or serve somebody and give them life. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that your particular life, your walk with God, can be effective and can be 
serving as, as a blessing, but for some people, it can serve in a different way. Second Corinthians uh, 3.14, I'm going to read. But thanks be to God who always leads us in tri triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are, for you are, a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You are a fragrance of God. I don't know if you see yourself that way. I never saw myself that way in this context. But it clicked with me that I am a fragrance of God, of Christ. Even, even when I don't know that, I, I bear certain fragrance. You know, my wife likes to wear my jacket. I'll be very practical. I'm sorry for TMI. But my wife likes to wear my jacket. And she said, it smells like you. She likes that smell, okay? Sorry, maybe too personal. But we all have certain smell. Whether we know about it or not, I'm sure we do. Um, especially men after hard working day, right? Um, but we all carry a certain smell. But this is a spiritual, spiritual aroma, spiritual smell that really can affect other lives. We're going to worship. We're going to worship right now, but think about how your aroma, how your life today affects other lives. Is it giving somebody life? Or is it serving for some people to perish? In your life, in my life today, don't apply it to neighbors, to your neighbor. Apply it to yourself, to your relationships. Today, at work, at college, at home. What kind of aroma is in your life? May God bless you. We will have our Bible reading. Слава Господу. Сегодня я хотел бы прочитать послание от Иакова, четвертую главу. Я буду читать на русском. На экране, я думаю, вы будете смотреть и видеть на английском. Откуда у вас вражды и распри? Не отсюда ли от вожделений ваших, воюющих в членах ваших? Желаете и не имеете, убиваете и завидуете, и не можете достигнуть, припираетесь и враждуете, и не имеете, потому что не просите. Просите и не, просите и не получаете, потому что просите не на добро, а чтобы употреблить для ваших вожделений. Прелюбодеи и прелюбодеицы, не знаете ли, что дружба с миром есть вражда против Бога? Итак, кто хочет быть другом миру, тот становится врагом Богу. Или вы думаете, что напрасно говорит Писание, до ревности любит дух, живущий в нас, но тем большую дает благодать, посему и сказано, Бог гордым противится, а смиренным дает благодать. Итак, покоритесь Богу, противостаньте дьяволу и убежит от вас. Приблизьтесь к Богу и приблизится к вам. Очистите руки, грешники, исправьте сердца двоедушные. Сокрушайтесь, плачьте и рыдайте. Смех ваш да обратится в плач и радость печаль. Смиритесь пред Господом и вознесет вас. Не злословьте друг друга, братья. Кто злословит брата или судит брата своего, того злословит закон и судит закон. А если ты судишь закон, то ты не исполнитель закона, а судья. Един законодатель и судья, могущий спасти и погубить. А ты кто, который судишь другого? Теперь послушайте вы, говорящие, 
сегодня или завтра отправимся в какой-то город и проживем там один год, и будем торговать и получать прибыль. Вы, которые не знаете, что случится завтра, ибо что такое жизнь ваша? Пар, являющийся на малое время, а потом исчезающий. Вместо того, чтобы вам говорить, если угодно будет Господу и живы будем, то сделаем то или другое. Вы по своей надменности тщеславитесь. Всякое такое тщеславие есть зло. Итак, кто разумеет делать добро и не делает, тому грех. Слава Богу. Я хочу рассказать одну историю, может, не каждый ее поймет, потому что большинство из нас родились в христианских семьях. Но именно эта история заставляет ценить наших родителей. Опять с работы пьяный папа домой с товарищем пришел. И вещи взял с собой из шкафа, все, что он ценного нашел. Сын, перепуганный приходом, успел присесть за старый стол. Ему всего четыре года, он лучшее место не нашел. И от чего так сердце бьется, в испуге бедная душа? Вот-вот от страха разорвется, сидит мальчишка, чуть дыша. Шаги тяжелые осмолкали, сын папу взглядом проводил. Из-за стола не вылезая, но Ваня папочку любил. Так с папой хочется побегать, с ним в игры шумные играть, и страха этого не ведать. Молиться стал сынок опять. Пусть больше папа пить не будет, ты, Боже, папу возврати. Пусть зло и пьянку позабудет, его ты, Господи, прости. Во дверь тихонько заскрипела, с работы мамочка пришла. На шкаф открытый посмотрела, Сынка прижала, обняла, все поняла. Здесь слов не нужно, отец с дружками приходил. Со всех углов кричали нужды, отец все вещи их пропил. Со щек худых слеза скатилась, сидели вместе сын и мать. Молилась женщина, молилась к тому, кто может все понять. Под Рождество был этот случай, и мама деньги сберегла, хотела, чтоб сынок ходил одетым. Еще работу в дом взяла, трудилась, рук не покладая. Купила валенки сынку, чтобы бегал он, резвясь, играя, чтобы снег не страшен был ему. Безмерно рад подарку Ваня, пойдет на горки, на каток, еще пойдет на собрание. На праздник Бога, Рождество, И ноги Вани словно в печке. Счастливый мальчик засыпал, И снился лунный диск над речкой, И снег, что как алмаз сиял. Но вдруг с луной случилось чудо, Упало с неба словно мяч. Проснулся мальчик от испуга, То папа в дом пришел опять. А мама Вани на работе, А один мальчишка в доме был. Искал отец с дружком в комоде то, чего еще он не пропил. Мальчонка тихо шевельнулся, и вот отец увидел вдруг. С обновкой спал сынок Ванюша, и ее не выпустил из рук. И у ребенка взял папаша скорее валеночки те. Сын от ужаса заплакал, как быть ему в такой беде. Готово сердце разорваться, Пришел конец его мечтам. Он закричал, верни их, папа. Но отец ему ничего не отвечал. По снегу долго-долго бежал за папой маленький сынок. А снег врезался, как иголки, его босых касаясь ног. Нашла в снегу его соседка. Устал, наплакался, уснул. Во сне шептал, у папа, где ты? Тебя я, папочка, люблю. В больнице мама на коленях За сына просит день и ночь. Летят, летят ее моления, И может только лишь Господь помочь. Врачи спасти пытались сына, Но нужно ножки отрезать. Гангрена, страшная картина, И снова плачет 
плачет мать. Отец узнал, сказали люди, что сын его больной. И вот что-то совесть будет, он взял у пьянки выходной. И поспешил в больницу к Ване, под мышкой валенки несет. Она сердце будто камень, и что-то там на дне гнечет. В палату входит. Вот, сыночек, принес я валенки твои. Проси, все, что захочешь, ты, Ваня, папочку прости. Пойдем кататься с горок, на лыжах вместе побежим. Ты поправляйся, век наш дорог, тобой я буду дорожить. А Ваня плачет. Папа, ножки больше не ходят у меня. Бежал, бежал я по дорожке, искал, кричал и звал тебя. Отец не может больше слышать, в слезах колени преклонив, сожав свои руками уши, он Бога первый раз молил. Меня прости, прости, а Сыну Боже ноги сохрани, мои возьми, пусть я погибну, меня не Ваню накажи. Так плакал, каялся пред Богом, склонилась рядом с мужем мать. Простить его просила Бога, а Ваню чудо не спаслать. И Бог чудес услышал Ваню, маму, принял молитву у небеса, и Ваню чуть полегче стало, он даже сам чуть-чуть привстал. Собрался рано утром на рассвете большой консилиум врачей, решил, что нужно мальчугана спасать и резать поскорей. В палату входят, сняв толстые бинты, смутилась. Было их сознание, поверить долго не могли. Бог исцелил, и пятен темных не видать. А он врачам, я по дорожке, хочу и бегать, и гулять. Бог исцелил, от счастья мама уже была в слезах. А баба там, в палате прямо, у всех молился на глазах. День воскресный, в день морозный, рядом с папой сын шагал. Провожали и березы, лучик солнца провожал. День воскресный, солнце светит, купол неба в вышине. Хорошо, когда на свете дети счастливы вполне. Аминь. This happened to me about a couple of years ago where, um, what's the age group here? Kind of like 16, 17, 18? Who's 17? No one? 18? 19? No audience participation? <laughs> uh, so it was about a couple of years ago. I was probably about... Actually, it was more than a couple years ago, but I was about 18, and um, it's, you're at that point where you're really deciding what you want to do with your life. You, um, you're picking all your classes. Maybe you're in Running Start, and I know a lot of Russians go to Running Start, so you're picking out all your classes. You're, you're getting everything in order, and it's almost like every time you'd come back to talk to your friends about like what classes you registered for, it was like... or where you are in your career path, it was almost like kind of like competition, even though no one really talks about it. It's kind of like you come up and you're like, oh, I got this, this, this in line, and I'm going to do this and this. And um, I was trying to get into a medical program uh, at TCC, and one of the requirements to get in was that I needed to have eight hours of job shadowing. And to get into the multi-care job shadowing, um, to get into their thing, you had to be a volunteer there, and to be a volunteer, you had to get all your uh, flu shots and all your vaccines. And when I was a little baby, I had my, uh, I think it's called the Tdap shot, and I got really, I was probably around two or three, and I got really sick. Uh, I had a really high fever, I was turning blue, and I had seizures. And so since that time, I haven't been able to get my, or the doctors don't want to give me my, uh, the, the Tdap, it turned into a different vaccine now, and but I can't get it because I might have those same seizures. So um, I couldn't get into the multi-care uh, job shadowing um, thing. So I tried the Franciscan healthcare system. 
I was trying to get in there, and it was like, you call, and for some reason, it's not really as organized as multi-care. Um, you have to actually call each individual hospital. I was get, get, kept getting rejected, and I was like, well, and I, and I talked to the coordinator at multi-care if she could, you know, maybe wave just that one shot, and, and she's like, no, we can't. You have to have everything up to date, and so I was like, and I was, and, and everything's on a deadline. Like, to get in, you have to get all your stuff in time, so the deadline's coming up. I don't have that. And I'm just like, I'm panicking, I'm worried. I'm like, this whole thing that everything that I was lining, everything in my life that was lining up to that point is going to fail right now because I, I don't have these shots. And so I just kept calling, I kept panicking. And like, I think it was like a whole week, like went by like that. And um, I finally just like gave up on panicking. And I was just like, God, um, even if I don't get into this program, like, I, it, God, God, te- God was teaching me through all of this. So I was like, God, even if I don't get into this program, will I still serve you? Will I still, um, not still serve you, but will, will I be mad at you, if you if, even if I don't get into this program? And back at the time, I wasn't really a Christian, and I was kind of like half and half most of the time. And I was just like, I didn't know what I would do if I didn't get into that program because I had everything lined up. So... I completely stopped caring about it. After a week, I'm like, God, everything's in your hands, and I give it all up to you. And it was like, I had this amazing peace come over me. It was like, and even though I knew I'd probably not get into the program, I was like, I'm not even going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to call anyone. If I get in, I get in. If I don't get in, I don't get in. And a couple days goes by, and I'm just like, kind of stop worrying about it, but still it's in the back of your head. You're like, you're stupid. You're not going to get in. You, why you, like, why'd you stop panicking about this? Like that little voice in your head. A um, couple days later, I was working outside on my car, and my neighbor, he, he was doing remodeling in his house, and he was, um, he, he brought like these huge cabinets in his truck, and he needed some help unloading. And like, he lives kind of down the street, so we never really see each other. But he saw me and he asked if I could help him out. And um, so I went over there to help him out. And uh, I grew up uh, being friends with his son, kind of. So he's already off in college. He's, he's doing some kind of crazy, like, four-year degree in some kind of, like, biochemistry. Something really, something up there. I don't even know what it is. But he was telling me, I was like, wow, you know. Uh, Anyways, I helped him unload. He's like, he's like, what can I, like, what can I do? Do you want some money? Like, what can I do to repay you? I'm like, I don't need anything, you know. Just and we we started talking about his son, and um, his, for some reason, he started talking about how his son didn't know what he wanted to get into, and then he went and job shadowed at where his wife works. His wife's a nurse, and so I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, you know what? If you if you can get me a job shadow <laughs> where your wife works, that would be great. And so um, he's like, yeah, I'll talk to my wife about it. So I got her number, and literally just a week after I already got my job shadow, I didn't have to have any kind of checks or anything like that. It was just kind of brought me in, signed off on it. And um, <laughs> the thing is about prayer. Um, in the Bible, it says that God knows your prayers before you actually pray them. God knows beforehand what you have in mind to pray. So I, w- I remember reading that passage. I was like, what's the point of even praying? You know, God knows it. What, like, he knows what you need. What's the point? And the kind of, the point is of prayer is to show how much you're in need of God. Like, it's to show how much you, not how much you can get on your own will. Like, I was, had this all planned out, and then my plans fell through, and then I was praying to God, like, God was, in that moment, God taught me to trust in him, and it was really rough, and, like, since that time, God's been teaching me, he's like, why are you making plans, Peter? Just, like, why don't you want to live, like, by the will that I have for you? And it's like, there's sometimes I pray, like, God, I want to live in your will, and, and then once that actually happens, and then God is, like, turning my paths away, and I, like, instantly start like, God, why are you doing this to me? God, I want this. I want this. No, I want to go back to here. And God's just like, nope, I'm going to take you down this path. And you're like, okay. And then it's constantly just you're going down these paths and 
sometimes it, sometimes it lines up where what you want God wants. Sometimes it doesn't. But the whole point is we need to trust God. I know right now it's, school's just started. It's September. We're all, you guys are all at that age where you're, you guys are trying to figure out what to do. And what I wanted to kind of say out of this, what I learned is that to not panic about tomorrow. The verse... The, verse we ju- the chapter we just read in James chapter 4, I wanted to read verse 14, verse 13 and 14. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and in such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And said, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this and that. And I want to just all encourage all of us to pray, um, pray that God leads us in His will. Pray that God, pray for God to humble us, because when you're when you're trying to make all your plans, your pride, that's. For me, I knew I was really prideful. Like, I knew I could do everything on my own. And then once I got to that spot where I'm like, oh, I, all my plans fell through. It's like, God, I need you. But I don't want, I don't want us to, to live that life that I did where every time we need something from God, we run to him. But then, but then every other time, it's like, oh, I can, I can handle it by my, on my own. It's like, God, please plan every part of my life for me, you know? And let me, let me be humble enough to accept your will, whatever you have in my life. Even if it's different from what I want, I know in the long run it's going to be better if I live in God's will. And even now, I started, a, I started this new job and I was working there for three weeks. And I was like, okay, perfect. Now I can start you know, saving up money. I already had all these plans. I made myself a budget. And I was like, I'm going to start investing into here. And I'm going to start saving up here and here. And I start making all these plans, and um, I had a broken pinky finger, and I started working with a broken, broken pinky finger, and I was like, oh, it's just going to heal up. I'll work, and everything will be okay. Uh, after about three weeks of working, I go and get it checked up. Um, go get it checked up, and um, they do an x-ray, and my, my bone's completely broken into pieces, and it was completely dislocated. I had it, I had it put back in place and everything, but I didn't know that it was like that bad. So I had to have surgery. Then I haven't worked for about a month already and then I can't work for about another month and I have physical therapy and it was just like, I, I made so much plans. I'm like, I, I know I'm gonna be working for the next three months, you know, but the Bible says you're a vapor that passes away. Why are you making plans? Why are you saying tomorrow, tomorrow you're gonna do this? And it's like, I didn't know that it's gonna be this bad. and. I, I can't plan ahead. So I want us all to just encourage us to trust, just to trust in God and to ask God to live in his will and ask God to humble you enough to be able to accept his will. And so um, I'll start off with my need first. Um, I want you guys to pray for my finger. Any, anyone have any needs for school? For school. Any other needs? All right, let's pray. Добрый вечер, слава Господу. Я так рад, что сегодня все мы участвуем чем-то, и написано в Слове Божьем, что будь готов более к слышанию, нежели к жертвоприношению. Не все смогли сегодня подготовить такой хороший стих, как мы слышали. Не все смогли сегодня быть в группе прославления. Но у всех есть уши. Если у вас есть уши, скажите «Аминь». Если вы меня не поняли, значит, по-английски это будет «If you have ears, say amen». A little bit of да, response on this side. Good. Значит, лучше по-русски проповедовать, правильно? Хорошо. Окей. Кто не понимает по-русски? Who doesn't understand Russian? I did prepare in Russian, in in English, so not a problem, either language. I just want to say thank you. Спасибо еще раз. Не знаю, как сестер зовут, сестра, которая рассказывала стих. Спасибо. 
мы часто не ценим то, что мы имеем. Вот я просто стоял сегодня и думал еще до, даже до стиха. И я просто в душе плакал. Потом и так тоже плакал. Думаю, ну, надо не сильно плакать, потому что подумают, что такой грешник кается. Но я думаю, что я, наверное, самый большой грешник. Потому что, вы знаете, когда мы забываем, что Бог сделал для нас, мы теряем страх Божий. Страх Божий – это понимать, что Бог делает нам. God-fearing person remembers clearly who God is and who that person is. So it's so important for us to understand where we've been and where God placed us to be right now. Я честно вам скажу, что если бы вы меня увидели лет ну, 30 назад, я, я стараюсь не быть таким старым, думаю, еще пару лет уже и сороковник бы. Но если бы вы увидели меня в молодости, я думаю, что вы бы никогда не согласились с тем, что Бог меня призывает на служение. Это сейчас легче сказать мне, когда я уже знаю, уверен в том, что Бог призвал меня на служение. I'm confident about God's calling. But looking back, I understand that I was in a disadvantaged position. I was in a far remote Ukrainian village. Who knows, you know, even the name of that village. I didn't have any chance to be here. It's a miracle that the old grandma, who's not my grandma, came to America with my aunt. And then she decided she hates America. She went back. But my aunt was here in the, um, in the United States. So they called my mom. And now I'm, a here, I'm, a, I'm here in this uh, country. So it is a miracle already. Не то, чтобы в Америке было самое лучшее, and this is not the best country, but this is a privileged country, and we have so many opportunities, and God will ask and will hold us accountable for the things and resources that we have. And so when I remember where I've been and this whole path, I just fall down before the Lord, and I say, God, if you can use me, use me. Uh, then he said, Alex is ready. Honestly, I'm not ready. I mean, I written a whole bunch of notes, but I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you at least one seed, at least something that you will actually take and use it in your life. And so, thank you for reminding us, sisters, brothers, about our position before the Lord. When we sing these songs, when we humble ourselves in the worship, we understand that God is great and I am not. He is my Savior and I'm just a lost sinner who is saved by God's grace. Amen? But that also gives me hope because if He is so great and He is so big and He still, for some reason, He still loves me. I don't know what's the reason. I've, I'm trying to understand. I will never understand why God chose me, not my neighbor, for example. And um, I just want to be grateful to the Lord for who am I in Christ. And I want to preach on the uh, topic that is connected to, to our uh, youth mission. Our youth has a mission. And whatever we do, if we do it outside of that vision, outside of that mission, we're wasting time. Say amen with me. I mean, it's rough. It's not the Bible that you would say, Alex, this is just a mission that we came up with. I believe that the Holy Spirit charted boundaries for us and we have to go a certain direction and not do everything possible. So I would like to draw your attention to the mission and then I'll start my sermon in accordance to what we have. If you have your uh, bulletins, would you please open with me to the mission statement? And let's read it together one more time. If you're ready, uh, let's start together. Go. Our mission is Slavic youth for Christ by preaching the gospel to non-believers, teaching believers to pray and study the scriptures in order to discover his or her personal gift and lead others to Christ. Just briefly an overview. We want to preach God's gospel, and we want to have people saved and, and joining us in His kingdom. Raise your hand if you think that God saved you, and you have a testimony from Him that you're a saved person. Raise your hand just as a testimony. Good, thank you. If you didn't raise your hand, don't think that you're, you're a, a second category of people. Uh, we have to make serious decisions. So when I was younger, when I was before I turned 17, I was always uh, trying to grapple with this question, am I saved or not? There were really 
big highlights in my, in my life. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I came to Christ. I was converted. By my, but my daily walk started when I was 17 years old. Daily walk with Jesus. Daily walk, walk with Christ. So for non-believers, we preach the gospel and it comes uh, gradually. For some people, it's right away. For others, it takes years. But then when you get it, when God touches you and you respond, your next thing is to learn how to pray and read the scriptures. Why do we pray? Why do we pray? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your participation. I have some support to talk to God. Say amen. Why do we read the scriptures? I'm not looking at that. <laughs> so why do we read the scriptures? Simple questions. Why do you read the scriptures, Andre? To hear him, right? We talk to him in prayer. We hear him in the scriptures. And that's what I'm preaching about today. Basically, we are teaching others to preach and pray, not just because for the sake of it, so that I can say sermons, but we want to grow spiritually. Growth is very important. We cannot be like Christ if we don't grow. And so when we read in the scriptures about spiritual growth, we need to understand that it's not just an option, it's a mandate. It's a commandment for a born-again Christian to grow. Spiritually, we have to be mature. And I would like to read from 1 John chapter 5. I'm preaching about growth, like I said, spiritual growth. Chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. Again, 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. <clears throat> Follow me. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you heard me preaching before, this is one of my favorite passages. It's so practical for youth. If I want to be an overcomer, and there's only two categories of people. Today, you're either an overcomer or you're a, well, or you're an overcome person. I didn't want to use the word loser. So e either you're an overcomer or else. And the scripture clearly says that if you are born of God, I like this, uh, this passage, it says, for whatever is born of God. Not even whoever, whatever. I mean, if you, even if you're a little baby, you have a chance. You have a victory in Christ. Amen? If you have been born from the Holy Spirit, you are stronger than the rest of the world. Than the rest of the temptations in the world. You're an overcomer. And verse 4 says, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. It's not even me. It's not even the fact that I'm born again. It's the fact that I have, have the source of power. I have the source. I have a chance to be a, a victor. I, I have God and I believe in Him. This is my faith that overcomes the world. I know some of it is just theory for you, but uh, hang on with me. We will we'll get to practical stuff. And then in verse 5, he says, Who is the one who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, it's disappointing to hear that some people, whatever we believe, but uh, I talked with my son. He's in the first grade. He came from the school, and we were just, just driving, and, and uh, I'm talking to him, and we talked about something I forgot. It was uh, we, we went past cemetery, and we were talking about the dead people, something like that. But the, the thing is, I asked him, do you know what is hell? Just a simple question. He said, yeah, I know. Where's the hell? It's by the sun. Like, by the sun. Who told you that? Another first grader. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't know my son knows, like, this theology. And so, th but that's, that's okay. But when we hear that somebody believes that Jesus was an angel before he came to the earth, that's so sad because the whole New Testament tells clearly that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, not an angel, He has the power. There is a power in this message. He is the Son of God. And if you believe in Him, if you believe in that power, you have the victory. Your faith will save you. Now, 
I will read from uh, two other passages and then we will um, look at the example of Peter because he was going through the steps uh, before he, I, I don't say before he grew up spiritually, but before he matured. Let me read another scripture. It's John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And this verse, um, if you read it in the original, I don't know original, but I looked up the certain words, and it says that if you received him, God gave the right. In Russian, it says he gave vlast, authority. You can't just be called, I'm a, I'm a child of God. You can't just say, I'm his son. He gives you that confidence through the Holy Spirit. He gives you that right. And the word right is exousia. I've done a lot of studies on that word because there are two words on power and authority. Exousia and dunamis. We know the word dunamis is the power, miraculous power. But the word power in a sense of exousia, that's the right. That's you have the right to be my son. I have only three children. Nobody else in this, in this world can be called my child. Only three of them. And they have the rights, exclusive rights, to everything what I have or what I give to them. And God said, you have this right to become children of God. If we want to grow, we need to know the destination. Our destination as children of God to become like His Son, Jesus Christ. Think about it. The whole scripture in the New Testament says that we have this right not just to be called children of God, but to have all the gifts, to have all the blessings, to have the right become like Christ. And in certain passages it says just like Him, just as He is, so we are, just as. The standard is high. We need to grow. We cannot just be immature babies, spiritually speaking, and 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 just be happy and content with that. And so when we talk about growth, when we talk about children, we expect them what? To grow, right? We cannot have children for 25 years. Unfortunately, we do have in our culture, but some people grow older, they never grow up. But from children, it's expected. It's, we, we expect them to grow, especially if they are younger. You look at them, and within every couple months, you expect certain progression, certain growth, visible growth. And if that doesn't happen, then parents are really concerned. And so when we are born again, we have to have the, the evidence of our spiritual life and spiritual growth. If you do not overcome... Very simple. If you look at your life and you don't have victories, then there is something wrong with you. Something wrong with your spiritual life. And we just read from the mission uh, that our youth has, maybe you have to learn how to pray. Maybe you have to spend more time in the scriptures. But you have to grow. Say with me, I must. Oh, that's really weak. Let's say, I must grow and mature spiritually, to be a fully grown man or woman just as he is. This is almost, this is a paraphrase from Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14, 15. It says that we are growing, we want to be like Jesus or just as he is. Babies cannot be responsible for others. That's why sometimes, uh, you know, we see irresponsible people. You ask them to do something in the ministry. You ask them to do the, something in the church, and they're like, I cannot do that. And they are right. They cannot do it because we'd never leave, you know, seven-year-old to supervise six-year-old. It's impossible. It's dangerous. You have to grow. Some of you, you just have to take that responsibility. God gave you enough resources. God gave you enough revelations. You just have to take responsibility. Take responsibility for your brothers, sisters. Take responsibilities for your neighbors. You have to at least start praying for them. You have to consider that because I, I don't see how you can grow spiritually if, you're, if you reject and you deny all the opportunities that are given for you to minister to others. 
But the growth, one of the signs of a grown man or woman uh, spiritually is that they take responsibility. And I look at my life, I see that as um, in, the, in the cases where I said, no, I can't do it, I'm, I'm not ready, I'm, I, I was not growing spiritually. I was stagnant, I did not develop properly, I have to take on responsibilities. And I hope this is a challenge for some of you. And that's good. You have to be challenged. You have to stop just walking in the church, just listening, just being, you know, in the fourth uh, year of Bible college. You have to start taking responsibility, preaching, praying, and serving others. Now, spiritual growth is not automatic. It doesn't have a, uh, happen automatically. If you've been water baptized, even the baptized in the Holy Spirit, spiritual growth is not automatic. It starts with our desire. Anybody who wants to grow spiritually? A few people. Awesome. Awesome. I'm preaching to you. So it starts with the desire. If you want to grow spiritually, that's where you start. Some of Christians, they are not even willing to grow. What can we talk about? I mean, if you, if you talk about dedication, if you talk about um, being loyal to God and, and uh, faithful to His Word, and, and you don't want to grow, I mean, you don't want to spend time with Him, you need to desire, you need to, uh, you have to want to grow. And second part would be to put some effort in it. I'll touch on it in, in a couple minutes, how much effort we put into our own growth. But... Uh, first, how we grow. Um, I think the scripture gives a lot of illustrations, but one of the best illustrations is uh, being a disciple. If you want to grow spiritually, it's like a student, but student is different than disciple because disciple is a dedicated person. And if we look at the life of the disciples of Jesus Christ, there's a great example. Peter, for example. Did you know that he was called at least six times to follow Jesus? Jesus himself called Peter, and the first encounter was uh, very sort of random. But even from the first time, you can see that Peter wanted to follow Jesus. He was searching for God. And we read from the Scriptures, I'm not going to read from the Scriptures, but um, just, just uh, touching on these uh, references. When God, uh, Jesus called Andrew his brother, Andrew ran to get his brother Peter. I'm telling you that if Peter, if somebody lives with a life not dedicated, and he, let's say somebody's not interested in snowboarding. I'm not interested in snowboarding. Um, I had some injuries in the past. No, no way. No, no skiing. I mean, you're not going to run for me in January and say, Alex, would you like to go snowboarding? Because I'm not that person, right? So Andrew goes, he chases Peter. He grabs him. He's like, hey, there's Messiah. He comes, that's like first encounter when you meet the Lord. And Jesus says, you're Simon, you're the rock. And you know what happens next? Peter goes back fishing. And we read from the scripture that Jesus is walking by the sea. And again, he calls them and says, Andrew, Peter, come with me, follow me. And it says that they dropped the nets, whatever they were doing, their business, and they followed Jesus. But then again, we read that he, Jesus, he prays the whole night. He comes down from the mountain next morning and he says, you, 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 you are going to be my disciples. He calls Peter. Follow me. And then we read again, Jesus is preaching and he asks Peter to get out from the seashore. He gets in the boat and again, Peter is doing his business. He was not always following Jesus. If you read carefully, it was not the time when they constantly lived with him and followed him. He was doing his business. He was a fisherman. And then there's a miracle. They uh, got this great catch of fish. And again, Peter's like, oh, I'm so sinful. And God calls him and says, I will make you a fisher uh, of, of people. Right? Remember that? So there's another call. And, and I see that that... As an illustration in my life, sometimes I walk my own way and God tells me, Alex, hold on, I chose you to do this and this. And please understand me, I'm not saying that when God calls you, He calls you for a full-time paid ministry in His kingdom to be a missionary or evangelist. He wants you to stay where you are 
but he wants you to be serious about your spiritual growth. Say amen. And we look at the, at the life of Peter and we see that he is called again after the resurrection. And Jesus calls him and says, I know you sort of, you know, you betrayed me, but I forgive you. Follow me. And Peter follows him and turns around and what is that, brother? He's the, Jesus is like, follow me. I don't know how many times, I didn't count, but at least these six times, maybe more, Jesus tells him, follow me, follow me, follow me. It's hard. To grow spiritually takes desire and then dedication. Desire, you start there, and then dedication. And then I'm <clears throat> not summarizing this yet, but uh, watch this. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, that's the last passage I'm reading, but this is important. I want to show you how God helps us to grow spiritually because there is God's part and my part, okay? There's something that God does. He calls me. He equips me. And then something that I have to do. Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12, 13. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, <clears throat> know this, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Seriously. It's not just a joke. Fear and trembling. Work out. And then he says, for it is God, verse 13, who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So again, we see that God produces the will, the desire in us, and he helps us to work. But he works in me while I have to work it out. You know what the workout is, right? Boys, what is the workout, guys? Workout. Anybody who's doing the workout? You have, you're not getting anything new, right? You just bring your body to the gym and you do the workout. What do you do? You do exercises, right? You develop your body. You're not getting a new body. You just use the resource that you already have, your own body, and then you work it out. Okay? You're not working, you're not getting salvation. You already have the salvation, but you have to work it out. You have to develop it, which is called spiritual what? Growth. So that's why people who are spiritually immature, they are, they are really weak. They're weak in prayer. They're weak in Bible. In Bible meaning that they, cannot, they don't know what the Bible says. What are the promises? I mean, Lord, this is horrible. I failed my test. I mean, read the Bible. It says that God works everything for good. He works everything. He puts everything together for your good. Okay? Like pieces of the puzzle. Not everything is good, but everything what is bad and good works for good if you love Him. If you never read the Scripture, if you never meditated on this verse per se, you will, you will not have that drive. You will not have that strength. And so spiritually, not even mature, but spiritually serious person who works out his or her salvation with fear and trembling and understand that this is not a joke, this is not a few days, this is a lifetime, that person will understand that there is God's part and there is my part. Another example the scripture gives a farmer. A farmer goes to the field, works in the field. Puts the seed. I mean, the farmer does not get the field. The field is there. The seed is there. God gives him the seed. But he puts the seed. He takes care of it. And there's a fruit at the end. And so, again, we are not getting the salvation. We're not working for it. We're working it out. We're developing whatever we have from the Lord. And by the way, everything, even the desire, comes from the Lord. It's just that tricky moment in your life. And don't get hard in your heart because God gives you desire once, twice, and then it becomes like a dull pain. You know, it's like there you know that God called you sometimes in the past, but you don't feel that much passion, that much drive. I hope that the Lord will continue his mercy but do not quench the holy spirit the scripture says clearly do not quench the holy spirit it's like that bonfire it's just starting up and then you put some water in it and put some water in it and eventually it just goes out so be careful with that 
God gives you a chance. He wants you to work out your salvation for His glory. Say amen. Now, one important thing. I know the time is almost out. The important thing. We cannot grow spiritually until we change our thinking. We cannot change our life until or unless we change our thinking. Thinking is um, behind, uh, behind any action, there is a thought. There is a, a belief. There is something that you can't even explain, but you believe in it. People say you're biased about something. If it's in a good way, so what? I want to be biased about the true, inerrant, uh, you know, scripture that I believe in. But be behind any action, anything, what you do, there is a thought. So if you don't change the thought, it's not going to work out the right way. You will always have this tension. You're like, you, I really want to serve the Lord. I have some willpower. But, uh, well, I think that maybe God is not so loving to me. You need to change the thought. It's like... <laughs> I was going to give this example, but my sister is here. So I was riding, uh, driving her car, you know, a long time ago. She has a new car now. And there's, there's this, uh, you know, the driver's mirror where you have to adjust the driver's mirror, right? And, and so it's an electronic thing, you know, like, you know, right, left, uh, up, down. And so I'm like, I'm sitting in her car and I put like up because, you know, girls are like sitting like this and I'm like right here. It's like up and it goes left. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I click, okay, right, and it goes down. I, I'm confused. I'm already driving. I'm like, what's up with that mirror? You know? And then I click up, it goes left. And so no matter what I do, I'm confused because it's internally programmed the wrong way. It's like the compass. You trust it that it will show you north and it shows you east. No matter what you do, no matter how much you time you know you spin around, you are going the wrong direction. It's like the autopilot. You can you can have it directed, you know, programmed certain way, and you can physically turn the I don't know, I'm not a pilot, but <laughs> you can turn that wheel and, and physically hold on to it, but as soon as you let it go, it just goes the wrong direction. Whatever is programmed. So thoughts have power. If you do not believe that God is true to his word, you already go wrong path. You will not be able to go the right direction. So transformation of mind. I'm not dwelling on this, but remember camp topic. In it, but not of it. We have to be transformed. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We have to be transformed in our mind. We have to think the same way Christ is thinking. Написано, имейте те же чувствования. В английском переводе, you have to think, you have to, not just senses or feelings as Christ had, but you have to have the same mindset. The mindset has to be uh, transformed. In other places, in um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, famous chapter about love, and it says, when I was a child, I did what? I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I grew up, when I became a mature person, I left the childish things behind. And one of those things is childish thinking. The scripture says, do not be kids or children in your thinking. Be mature. In your attitude, in your humbleness, be like children. In your faith, be like children. But in your thinking, be mature. So it starts with thoughts. How can you generate the right kind of thoughts? Scripture. Unfortunately, I don't have time to go over the, the, the details, but Scripture, five things. We receive it. Like today, right now, you're receiving the Scripture. You're just listening. A lot of it will just go away. You will not remember it. But when you spend a little bit of time reading it, reading it for 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, you will read the whole Bible from cover to cover. And no matter how much time you, you, you say that, I believe the Bible, I believe it's true. If you haven't read the Bible at least once by this time, you're a baby in a good way. You know, I was actually trying to call this sermon a nice way, and, and it just comes back to me. The title of this sermon should be, you know, the, the book Run, Baby, Run? You know, I say, 
Grow, baby, grow. Okay? Grow, baby, grow. Come on. We, we put so much effort into our education, into whatever, searching for jobs. How about we put a little bit more effort in studying the Scripture? Amen? This is our power. If we believe that it has power to change us, we have to read it. We have to be transformed through the Scriptures, through God's Word. Receive God's Word. Read it. Research it. I've done some research. I was preparing for this sermon. I wasn't just, just, just taking it lightly. Research it. You, you, sometimes you don't know what to answer to your coworker or to your classmate. Um, meditate on God's Word. Pray so that God will give you the right words to share because they have power. God's words always have power. Remember, number four, reflect. And reflecting is uh, so important. We're, we're not just reading the scriptures. Uh, we have to learn how to meditate. I used to think that meditation was like yoga style, you know, meditate on God's Word. I'm like, no way, I'm not meditating. But it's pretty simple. Do you know how people worry about stuff? Like they're worrying about things. What do they do? If you're worried about something, what do you do? Okay, besides taking pills, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, what do you do? Like practically, you're thinking, right? You're thinking. You're focused on the negative information. You're thinking. So if you know how people are worried about something, you know how to meditate. It's just the opposite, okay? In what, when you're worried about something, you're focused on the negative information. When you are meditating on God's Word, you're focusing on positive truth. And if we do that, if we practice it, I believe that God will help us to see what has to be changed in our life, how we need to grow, and so on. I don't have time to talk about being transformed by the uh, hardships in our life. We, we need to grow, and, and, and that is also important and uh, how we can grow through temptations. I'll just tell you this. Temptation is an opportunity to do good. Temptations are basically opportunities. It's like the metal. If you read James chapter 1 about temptations, when we fall into temptations, how we have to be joyful. Joyful about what? Joyful knowing that we are overcomers in Jesus, that we can go through these temptations and we can do good not bad. And we can stand and we can use this, these temptations as stepping stones and not as stumbling blocks. And so it's time to pray, but I, I just want to hopefully challenge you to grow a little bit more spiritually. At least make a decision today. At least make a decision, Lord, I really want to grow. It's not just a one-day uh, process. It's not a one-time thing. But I make this decision to follow you. I have the desire. Lord, you produce that desire in me. Please work it out. Help me to work it out in my life. You give me the desire. You can give me the, the success in my spiritual growth. If we can stand up, I would like to pray with you. I know that the Holy Spirit can make this work and help us to grow. If you have any thing on your heart and you have doubts, you have th thoughts that tell you um, it's not going to happen. I tried a few times. I want to stand in the power of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, and just rebuke this spirit. Rebuke these thoughts. They are not from the Lord. Amen? They are not from the Lord. The Lord wants you to succeed. The Lord wants you to grow. And that's our prayer about your personal growth, about my personal growth. Let's pray. God, we are out of time, but we know that the time for repentance, time for growth, time for the decision is right now. Lord, I pray that you will bless my sisters and my brothers, those of them who are growing spiritually, who are making progress. Lord, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you're doing your miracles. You're transforming our minds and lives. Lord, thank you. Thank you for making us strong. Thank you for helping us to overcome temptations. Thank you for helping us to grow in love to others. Lord, we believe in you and we believe in the word that our 
victory, our faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we come to you and we pray that you will make us strong. Those of us who need to repent right now, Lord, whatever is confessed before your face, whatever is confessed and whatever sins are confessed, Lord, I pray that you will forgive, forgive in Jesus' name, forgive and cleanse with the blood of Jesus Christ. Господь, я прошу тебя, чтобы сейчас те, кто из нас принимают решение, делают этот первый шаг, расти духовно, не оставаться младенцами, не оставаться теми, которых качают слева направо, разные ветры и ветроучения. Господь, благослови такое решение, благослови тех, кто Господь старается служить тебе свято. Я верю в то, что Ты наградишь таких людей. Я верю в то, что их награда будет видима для всех. Lord, we believe that Your awards, we believe that Your rewards in the heaven are waiting for those who live holy, who work out their salvation in fear and trembling. And Lord, I pray that You will bless all of our young people, those who are here and those who are not here. We know our brothers, we know our sisters, siblings, just neighbors who are walking out from you, walking away, and they, when they need your salvation, we pray so that you will bring them back, so that you will touch their hearts, and so that we will not waste time. Being young, being full of energy is such a perfect time to, um, to put this all for your glory, to live for your glory, and to build a good foundation for the rest of the life. И, Господь, я также прошу Тебя благословения на всех молодых братьев и сестер, чтобы Ты повел их каждого своим путем. Дай им хорошие судьбы, семьи хорошие, чтобы у них были жены, мужья хорошие, которые боятся Тебя. Столько много проблем, столько много, Господь, разводов, различных ссор и проблем в тех людей, которые не любят Тебя, а просто стараются строить на песке. Отец Небесный, дай нам всем строить на камне. Благослови, Господь, нас быть серьезными, а нашем спасении, о нашей жизни. Пусть имя Твое прославляется в нашей жизни во имя Иисуса Христа. Аминь.